0: Buckle up, everybody. We've got an incredible episode for you today. We have my friend Native American Elder of the Megama back on the podcast sharing ancient teachings and knowledge uh, from his 20,000-year oral lineage. Uh, we talk about a lot of stuff in this podcast. We talk about the Notre Dame Cathedral Fire. We talk about the difference between cathedrals and a church. We talk about the Templar and Megamah connection. And if there's a lot of research done this, there is a connection between the Knights Templar and the Megamah. You can look up all this information information he's talking about we talk about why the government is hiding ufo information why david does not believe in flat earth um his high altitude balloon research uh modern ufo stories the our story about going to the Parliament of World Religions, uh, the work of James Roundy and James Randy and Darren Brown, uh, Chariots of the Gods book by Eric von Donakin St's Rockets, David's thoughts on 5G, and explaining what an ancient elder is. That's just the tip of the iceberg. So this is an absolutely phenomenal podcast. I know you're going to enjoy it. If you like the show and you want to share, leave a review on iTunes. Share an episode on Facebook. Um, take a screenshot. Share on Instagram. Tag me at. Matt Belair. Let me know where you're listening. But the best thing that you can do is one act of kindness or even three acts of kindness today. That'd be amazing. Show support for the show. For those of you guys who are looking at some coaching, who want to dive deeper on all of these topics from consciousness, uh, leading and living a purpose-filled life, exploring meditation, mindfulness, all that stuff, there are specific programs that I've created for people like you that I've worked with for a long time, helping people get from where they are, very, very, Very clearly defined where they would like to go and giving all the tools to get there, but doing it from a state of empowerment, a state of peace and a state of fulfillment. And for those of you who are high achievers, CEOs, and you want to learn how to get that extra inch, that extra little bit that's going to set you over the top um, and basically help you optimize everything from mind, body, and spirit. Um, There's also programs for that too. It all kind of weaves into one. It really just depends on your general intention because the tools remain the same, but the focus differs. So if you're interested in that, hit me up at matt, M-A-T-T, at zenathlete.com. I've also been um, getting zoomed in to different teams and meetings and doing some speaking here and there. So if you're interested in that uh, same email, you'll find me. I want to thank my podcast Partner and sponsor the Himalaya podcast app. It's where I'm listening to all my podcasts. I listen to a lot of Joe Rogan. I listen to Russell Brand. I listen to uh, some other shows here and there. Uh, it's a fantastic app. It allows you to do curated playlists. I haven't seen any other um, app that does that, but it allows you to create customized playlists with different shows. It allows you to communicate with community. It's free. It's super easy to use. So go check them out on the app store. They are H I M. A-L-A-Y-A and make sure you give the Mastermind Body and Spirit show a follow when you're over there Um, I think that wraps it up so yeah that's it Um, go check out the email list and all that kind of good stuff that's I don't know that's, that's it That's it. Let's come into a state of peace and coherence before we get into this episode. Wherever you are in the world, just stop. Oh, no, there was something. Patreon. Thank you so much to my patrons, to those guys supporting. Um, I want to thank Jay Trey and Eric Grismo. There we go. I didn't want to forget that. I knew I was forgetting something. Thank you guys so much for supporting on Patreon. It helps. It goes a very long way uh, to allow me to continue to do the show. So thank you so much for what you're doing, for contributing to all my patrons and to all my listeners. Listening is just as good. Um, So thank you so much. So let's come into a state of peace and coherence wherever you are in the world. Just stop what you're doing. Taking a deep breath in through your nose. Hold that breath. Let it out slowly. Filling yourself with peace. Compassion, energy, empowerment, and ready to take on this incredible episode with Native American elder David Lone Bear Senapas. Hello, and welcome to the Mastermind Body and Spirit Show. Today's guest is a mathematician. He is an engineer. He is a Native American elder of the Megama people. He spent the first twenty-six years of his life on the side of a mountain, being taught by over six hundred elders. So I want to introduce you like that because last time we did a podcast, uh, we had a lot of comments. You, you blew some people's minds and some people didn't know where you were getting this information from. But in our original podcast, um, I think it's two and a half hours, you explain your very unique history. Um, so the information you're getting is coming from the elders and they've asked you to share this with the non-natives for the first time so i just wanted to intro with that so people know where this information is coming from off the bat and they can check some of our old podcasts to um, see that as well so david lone bear a privilege and honor to be with you again how are you today
1: i'm good today man it's good to see you again um and like i said the last podcast we've been getting a lot of comments and messages stuff like that and i want to try to address some of those today um I did not get a chance to uh, sit down and look at those, there was a lot of comments, so I would try to answer some of those questions today and um, give you a little bit more to think about.
0: Sounds good to me. Well, you know, last time we spoke about the Notre Dame Cathedral, and when that went down, there was a lot of conspiracy stuff um, spreading the internet. I recently, since then, saw a video of uh, a top section. It looked like there was a fire burning up top. Now, I don't know if that video is real. I can't confirm it, but it was really interesting. What the heck was a big bonfire doing on top of the building? So whether it was deliberate or not, that's not what you were sharing. You were more sharing that that building um, had encoded information and was a, like a resonator or, or some sort of very special and sacred building. And um, I know that there are more than one building like this in history, you've got obviously Egypt, you've got all these other places, Um, you've got all these cathedrals, which somebody in the comment was saying cathedrals aren't churches, there's something that there's a distinction there. So this is all very new for me. So um, I'm very curious about uh, where you'd like to start today, anything that you want to pick up on from what people were commenting?
1: well i 'm an engineer I, I, I do a structure i 'm a structure engineer, so I study different structures and how they resonate with the uh, uh, the earth uh, because when you put a structure up um, there 's a couple of bridges that went up during the sixties that wasn 't uh, aerodynamic they resonated with the wind and uh, kind of tore apart in just a slight breeze If you look online, you can actually see that happening so uh, different buildings have different vibrations to them. Your house has a vibration to them. Uh, you open three windows up, one, uh, two downstairs and one upstairs, and the slight breeze will make a noise in your house or it makes the house vibrate. Or when you're driving in the car, you open a window up, it acts like a flute. The car would resonate with the wind. Uh, so there, the science is there. Is, that, is the science, um, how old is this science? Is science. Um, uh, since we understand about structures and how they react in the wind and things like that, how, how is that um, possible? We can code information into that so we can uh, retrieve it or, uh, or put it in and have the feature retrieved it. Or what's, what's the information? I think that's the most important part we talk about today. What is the information? Uh, we can talk about the conspiracy theories until we turn blue, uh, but it's, we're not going to accomplish anything by that. Uh, I was supposed to be going to Notre Dame uh, this summer to study part of the structure of that. There's um, a couple of coded numbers in the cathedral itself um, and I was going to do the measurements on them and there's a couple of places in England that I would like to go back to and uh, do some of those measures. Remember the churches went up by when the Templars uh, came here. They're the ones who could afford to put these um, uh, temple's up, and you, you talk about the masons. Uh, a mason uh, really uh, originates from a real mason that actually lays stone and brick and carves. That's where the masonry comes from. When they first came over here uh, to the United States, uh, it was the late twenties uh, uh, and thirties, and they started building a lot of the buildings here uh, in the United States. Almost same in structure in um, England. And there's a lot of um, coded, maybe Washington, D.C. is a whole metric of codes. Uh, a lot of the, the um, places in the United States, the towns are the same way. They, they code it. But what, what, what did they put the messages in there? Uh, Notre Dame had, um, had a, a Pacific waveform to it. Uh, if you know anything about engineering, the inside of the, uh, the Notre Dame itself, the... the um, the bolted ceiling. Uh, if you just try to make a bolted ceiling, it will uh, call, call collapse. The person that designed it was very smart, but he put flying buttresses out on the side. And if you look in Notre Dame, you see them stones that come out outside that they call flying buttresses. They're to um, support and um, put a resistance onto the walls. Uh, that's why they can make those walls and uh, the ceiling so thin. So when, when they did that, uh, they have to have some sort of mathematical form, especially for the vaulted sealant. The vaulted ceiling has a specific number pattern to it. Uh, but if you put that number pattern into a resonant sound, it's a very particular sound. Uh, it's, um, it's, uh, it's more of a cascading sound, uh, but they, when you get any cascading sound out there, excuse me, you can almost uh, take that apart. You take uh, some of the music that's out there today, uh, we hear, uh, our music's pretty same. Uh, we haven't really changed the, the, the um, rhythm on it. We have still have the same rhythm. All the uh, hit songs out there is pretty well all the same rhythm. If you look at songs now and the songs way back in the 30s, they, you can match them right together. The only difference is the, is the pattern has changed a little bit, but the beat's still there. Uh, the same with Notre Dame is that the the pattern's there. Now, I'd be uh, very interested when they uh, start to put that back together because there's a lot of drawings and there, there are still blueprints of that building. So I would I would like to get a hold of the blueprints and to see exactly what they put into that because I know there's iron in there. Um, um, I know that when when I was over there many years ago that I I did get a chance to walk up to it, but they wouldn't let me in at that time, as nobody there. But I, I think uh, now that everybody's interested in this, that I was hoping um, this summer that I could go there unhindered with any of this information and trying to get the information out there. Now we're just getting bombarded with a lot of people. So, well, what is it, what is, it? what's going on? Uh, there, there is a, a pattern, but I don't have all that information yet, but what it says. I have uh, some of the numbers, uh, but I have to visit a couple more of them, cathedrals in uh, Germany. Uh, uh, Switzerland and a couple of the other uh, places. Um, If you look at Notre Dame, it's unique. Uh, The the footprint is a cross. If you look at it, if you look right down on it, it's a cross. It has certain numbers in the blueprints itself. And you're right, a church is not a church. Um, This is not a church. It is a a cathedral. There's a whole different thing than a church cathedral. cathedral. A church uh, brings resonance to voice. Uh, So when you're inside of a church, if it's built right, your voice will amplify. Um, In a cathedral, your voice will be amplified, but also in resonance. So if you sing inside that, it's a whole different thing. You get what to call a a refraction, reflection. What that is, the music bounces and hits each other and cancels some sound out. When that other sound comes, it's a whole different thing. Uh, You went over there, sing Amazing Grace in that, in that um cathedral it will sound like angels singing with you it will cancel some of the other um, lower sounds out so uh, there is something definitely there I'm, I'm looking forward to hopefully to visit that um, next uh, year or so even under construction hopefully they let me in
0: Okay, well, there's uh, there's so many questions that I want to ask, and I just kind of want to leave it open for you to kind of share what you wish. But, you know, if you look at the Vatican, they have a Vatican library, and it's closed. You can't go down there. They must be holding something. Um, when I went to Egypt with the Resonance Science Foundation, I went with physicists, mathematicians, engineers, and they're looking at, you know, it actually breaks down to mathematics, and you're a mathematician. And so when you say you're talking about the numbers – I guess that's how you break it down to the final point is the numbers. And if you look at um, Alan Green does some really interesting research as well as Robert Grant on the mathematics of the pyramids is really mind blowing. If you watch any of those um, documentaries and you look at that research. So some of the theories were that, that, that was information encoded, I guess pyramid is speed of light and speed of lights encoded in there through some sort of uh, engineering magic. You've got the Vatican. That's got this hidden library. You've got these old buildings. When, um, basically uh, the Catholic Church is is ruling a great deal of the world. Um, and then you've got the Knights Templars who you're talking about, who actually have a connection with the Mi'kmaq Native Americans. And it's in both of your flags. So when the Templars came over, um, they met the Mi'kmaq, Mi'kmaq uh, Native Americans. And that's in both of your histories, correct? And then, it, yes. then we get into the wildness of Oak Island and that whole mystery. And so you're – History that you were taught is an oral tradition that spans 20,000 years. Is that correct?
1: Yes. Yeah, I think it goes back further than that, but right now we can date it about 19 to 20. Um, I think that there's a lot of information out there. Um, I, I know that the conspiracy uh, people, that the, they come up upon a lot of different things. So uh, what I'm trying to do is... Um, Come up with a conclusion, or it may, maybe a results in what this information is. You know, we talk about uh, the pyramids. Uh, so my research on the pyramids is that I can't find any any um, evidence that the Egyptians built it. Uh, there's no tombs. There was no treasure. There was nothing inside of these. Uh, just open. Uh, some of them were charred inside. Uh, the, the, there's a. Uh, there's a heavy salt in there and then different things there. so um there's hardly any evidence out there that this has been built by egyptians um that, that usually that if you build something that massive you want to take some sort of credit i couldn't find anything in, in any of the information out there that they took credit for they just, they say that they were, they were there but um and it said oh this person built this but I couldn't find very much evidence saying they did that. So what are they? Um, uh, Do they measure our timeline? Uh, Does the cathedrals, Did they bring something over and try to encode it into the information of the cathedrals? Um, uh, if If you look at I've studied a lot of them. Um, if you look at a lot of the cathedrals, that it's really hard to find any crosses on these. That when they first started, it's like, what's going on? What's what is the cathedrals? What what's, what information that they put in them, and what information can we use as humans? You know, people talk about the pyramids and and the vibration or something. How in the heck do we use that? Uh, how do we use that for community? How do we find peace from this? How do we find energy, extra energy that we can uh, use uh, in everyday use, you know, so that's a lot of my uh, studies that I've been doing, trying to link up different um, uh, sites and uh, have a uh, useful information out of it. Like I said, I can go online and find thousands of conspiracy concier- theories, but nothing can really help us. So that's great, great information. Uh, Just like the UFOs and things like that, Um, my study is still ongoing on UFOs. Uh, I'm not trying to make contact with the little green men, if they're even green. Uh, I'm just trying to figure out what they are and what are they doing here. Um, It's been already proven over and over and over again that our governments hide a lot of this information. Why are they hiding the information? Is is it something that um, we should know? Uh, um, And we're as human beings, especially in the United States, that we forget easy. I mean, we forget about nine eleven. Uh, we you know that was awful when it happened, but now that all these things are going on, we we're jumped to believe anything out there. You know, the flat earth series, things like that. I've studied flat earth, but you know, I've had some people contact me. There is this flat, and I said, all right, now I'm over, I I will be open minded about this. So I said, okay. Uh, Tell me why you think the earth is flat. Uh, back in the late 1900s and 1800s, uh, there's a couple of people that wrote about flat earth and um, tunnels in the sides of the earth. Not, I'm not believing that. I'm not, I'm not trying to debunk any of this. Um, but it's, it's hard to do the studies as that when you're, you're putting high altitude balloons up over 300,000 feet, you measure how much that is. Um, I should be bumping into something, um, but I'm not bumping to anything. Uh, and by and I do the calculations from the stars, and they say, "Oh, the stars are just a, a projected field up there." And I said, "That's great too." And so "How are they projecting it? Uh, what's the dome like? Uh, why, why flat Earth? And why is the sun round? And why is you know the other galaxies out orbit around other stars, and the stars orbit planets? You know, and why is our Earth flat? You know, that's a great theory, but I really can't come up with any evidence that's saying it is. I can come up with more evidence that Earth is round, and I, I know that there's a lot of people out there that get mad at me even talking about. But I'm, I'm looking for the truth, honestly. I'm looking for the truth. You can get mad at me, if you want, but you know I'm not going to follow everybody else saying, "Oh yeah, there's this flat." But then it's like, all right, if I'm giving in to that, I'll give in to everything. But I'm not giving in. It's like um, there's a truth out there, honestly. There's a truth out there that um, we want to know. But uh, if we jump aboard every boat out there and, and believe everything out there, you know what's really the truth? And when the truth comes out, it's not what you think it is. Uh, the UFO, I've been studying uh, UFOs since I was 18. Uh, um, I've had uh, remote control air- aircraft that uh, I'll go after these if I could. Yeah, I've balloons, um, I've um, uh, shot lasers at them before, uh, just to measure their dense density. I have this all information, I have it all packaged up really nice. So uh, it's not like a pseudo thing, it's actually a thing, it's like, I, when some people see a UFO, there's more than one person. The story is going to change, and it, 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 we talk about that about Phoenix. You know, uh, people are really religious on the Phoenix thing, and that's fine. That's that's fine. But what is, is our results? You know, we we can blame the government for hiding the information, but. Look at our cell phones, you know. Um, the cell phone has taken over our life. Um, I, just driving downtown today and seeing about 10 people on this cell phone. I was in a the store, there was on this cell phone. So if you think that aliens are trying to take over their mind, I think. It's working. Um, you, you, you know, do you go to the bathroom with your cell phone? Uh, do you put your cell phone beside your bed? Uh, do, do you make sure your cell phone is charged before your child is fed? You know, I've seen that quite a lot. I'm going to charge my cell phone, but I'm going to feed my kids. And so I'm going to make sure I get that information. Where did this all come from? Uh, you know, we, we, back in the uh, 70s, that we used to have a wall phone. And, you know, we didn't haul that all around with the house with us. No, we got a longer cord for it. We got a 10-foot cord so we can pull this phone around the house. And then it came the uh, cordless phone. Then, you know, we can have an antenna. So are we that much looking for information? What are we looking for information for? Gossip? Um, or uh, likes? Um, uh, people? Watching our podcast? I mean, what, what's going on out there? I, I, I think I get quite upset with that subject when you get on the flat Earth and all the different things. It's like, you know, yes, um, uh, the Earth is flat uh, to a certain point. Uh, it's uh, six feet. Uh, you can measure it one end to end, but gravity would take over. So the way I know the Earth is not flat, gravity works at a constant. Einstein has proven this. All the different sciences prove this. So if you take any object in space and make it flat, your gravity is going to be different on the ends than the center. Your uh, your rotation is different. Your rotation will be a wobble. Uh, you won't have a north star. You won't have a pole. Uh, you would have a, a wobbly uh, universe you know, uh, because it won't be perfect, then, um, uh, you know, we couldn't survive here. Oxygen wouldn't stay. I mean, uh, we would have to have the same mass as the Earth so that we did with the gravity. So we would have to have something flat at least 10 times the amount that it is now. So, And, and that's all physics. That's you know, physics. You know, the people say, oh, physics can prove the flat Earth. I, I can debate anything on the flat Earth that has deals with physics. Uh, I've done it before with other people. And I don't want to be smirk about it because... You know, it's, it's, sometimes it's troubling. You know, people say, oh, you have your viewpoint. Yes, you do. That's fine. And and I'm not going to debunk what you said, you know, but I'm just going to make sure that I know what I know. And uh, a lot of people try to convince me differently. Send me information. And I have to go to the math. And usually I send the math back and they say, oh, you're wrong. You know, so I'm just okay, no, I'm just showing you what I know. It's, it's not very much, but it's enough
0: well that 's a whole bunch there um, i'm not really sure i'm not really sure where to go with it, but um you know there is so much stuff out there and you know doing this podcast, I get reached out by a great number of people um, with different theories you know they 're channeling something um, aliens like crazy Gaia t v all this kind of stuff and you know i've dove I've dove down so many rabbit holes really 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 deep and to try to come up with something tangible has been a challenge it seems to be um different theories and different theories and different theories um you know one of the things that's different about you is that do you hold the, do you know if you hold the world record for putting balloons in outer space is that a world record
1: um with that algebra I looked online the other day and I was trying to figure out uh, who else put the balloons up there uh, so the, the This is the funny part about balloons. It's like during the uh, 50s and 60s, NASA experimented with balloons. So they put thousands and thousands of hours in this research. And at one time, I could go to the library and pick up this research. I still have some photocopies of the the research, but you can't find anything online about NASA, uh, the research back then. They had thousands of hours of video, and we can't find one of them. And I was trying to figure out, why not? Why why can't we find something about balloons? I mean, that's, you know, kids have balloons. We have rubber balloons and mylar balloons. And I'm going to say, what in the heck's going on here? And NASA does have some research, uh, some of the research online on balloons, on uh, high altitude balloons. Um, A lot of the uh, different companies now are doing a lot of the research and putting heavy objects into uh, atmosphere. But they don't say how far they go, you know. I said, "Oh yeah, we put it up to 100,000 feet, and that's all I can figure out." It's 100,000. I put um, my altimeters went up to, with with my tracing devices. I went up to at least 400,000 feet. That's up there. Um, and if you take a regular rubber balloon and you put it up into the atmosphere, of course, it's going to get up, It's going to get larger until it breaks, or it's going to hit a um, what they call a, a distortion wave up there. And the, the distortion wave, all it is, is just air and space. And we'll figure it out about 64, 65 miles up. So when that goes up and hits that, it freezes because the outside of the um, space is cold. And when it freezes, it, of course, the rubber balloon's going to break. But I don't use rubber balloons. I use mylar balloons. Uh, mylar is um, um, heated by uh, a... a, a Solar cell and a battery. So the mylar itself uh, it, it affects the magnetic field around it and heats up the balloon a little bit so it won't break. Mylar won't break anyway, and they're 30,000 below zero. So I'm putting them up there. My balloons don't come down <laughs> because usually, that sometimes when they come down, I would know uh, with the transmitter and that will, it will call a cell phone tower when it hits the ground and uh, tell me where it is. And most of the balloons that were, they Malfunctioned, uh, they came down and, uh, and uh, somebody found them because we have an address. say so you found this balloon to return it back to uh, Star Teachings. You know, we had one. <laughs> this is a couple years ago that we get a call from a kindergarten teacher and the balloon landed right in the kindergarten's yard like a UFO landing because it didn't come down hard but it came down really. <laughs> and the guy said it was. He said not the aliens were landing, and that because the balloons were. Uh, and about eight feet across and he said that oh there's a little people coming out and all the kindergartens were uh, kindergarten kids were screaming and hollering and they, he ran out and investigated and had to find the address and i got a call from him and that's had information informational pack on it and uh, i left the kindergarten um, the kids keep the balloon so they got that on display and the first the first contact from space so, <laughs> i thought that was so funny and see
0: those poor kids. <laughs> so well, we we touched on this um, on the last podcast. Some of the information you're getting from these high-altitude balloons is uh, measuring the magnetic field of the Earth. You were talking a little bit about the pole shift, and this has been verified from other people as well that the that the poles are shifting on the Earth, and it's going to be a very uh, interesting event. Um, then you kind of go into the metaphysical world, right? Or I don't know what to call it, like the woo-woo space, which I like. Yeah. Um, but I also like to be grounded too. Um, you know, you got everything about ascension, DNA activation. Um, in the UFO world, you've got um, the reptilians, and they're manipulating our DNA. And then we've got like galactic federations. We've got all kinds of crazy stuff happening. Um, now, in talking with you and Clifford and the Mayan elder, it's what what you guys have shared is saying like, you know, there are species here we might not be communicating in the way or think of it in the way that we understand it, or they've been at least here in history. And um, there has been contact in the past and there's potential for contact in the future. So I think some people, when they're listening, they don't know when you talk about Masons and Templars, they don't know if it's good or bad. If you're talking about aliens, most people are like, Oh, it's, they're manipulating us. And then when we're talking about information, I have a podcast trying to find information. I have no idea what is going on. I try to figure (laughs) out anything And it's just, there's, there's just these infinite theories, you know, and uh, some people are like, oh, you got to look at Santos Bonacci stuff. So I look at that guy and I was like, holy smokes, that's some interesting stuff. Um, But as far as anybody sharing, and I like, I like what people are sharing, you know, it's kind of like, I'm at the point now where I I take it in and, you know, I don't know if I can actually do anything with it really. Um, But your history is the oldest that I know. And it got confirmed by Clifford, who is a Zuni, and it got confirmed by a Mayan elder, And all of them are at least 20,000. So that makes me interested. So is there anything you want to share about like all of that stuff that I just said?
1: Well, yes, I understand where the humans come from and what they want to believe and what they don't want to believe. I bump into this every time I go speak, you know, somebody says, well, I've been channeling the Pleiadians, you know, Um, I'm not doubting that, I'm sure, but it's something like, you know. What did you bring with you? Uh, do you have the information of the Palladians that, that you do have that information? So um, what is the information that's sharing? Um, how can we cure cancer? How can we cure the common code? How can we stop war? How, how, how can we uh, have a better economic thing in our world? But none of these so, so-called channelers ever give us that information. Um, I, I, like I said, I'm not saying they're wrong. It's like well, what are we doing? You know, what are we doing here? What are, you know, are we just playing? Uh, the, I, see, I see this online that, you know, people uh, have all these different theories and, and, and say you're wrong and everything. And you said, said, maybe so, but shouldn't we explore it anyway, you know? I uh, had a guy contact me, he's just channeling some alien race out there. I said, great, uh, I'll get my pencil and paper. And I said, okay, let's do the math. And, but he couldn't come up with any of the numbers. Uh, so advanced, uh, an advanced um, uh, race that's trying to communicate, they're going to give us something. They're going to give us a technique, some sort of way to communicate with them, not as individuals, uh, because if they're so advanced, uh, well, the human race won't be able to understand them. Because you think about that, we are still having wars. Uh, we still... Believe in the dollar as much as as much as people say I don't believe in the you know there's a couple of documentaries on that, the, the dollar is worthless uh, that we have to be always in debt to make money I mean I, I don't think the aliens would want us to do that uh, we we um, we have all this information supp- supposed to see in governments that they are, are, are hiding and we said there's a higher reptilian race hiding all this information you know. We are clever people. I think we're clever. I think uh, we can get around this. That every Everything I hear out there that we are being repressed uh, from information. But isn't the Internet information? Um, we look on there and we're saying, well, we're repressed and everything. But well, we can use this as a tool. If this is an alien device that we are on right now, we can use this to be free. We can be used as spiritual free. We can be use this to... Um, uh, be our own government if I wanted to, because right now we we give this power away freely. Um, you know, if we don't like our government, how come we're putting up with them, you know? Uh, before 9-11, you know, um, Al, Al Gore, I think, uh, was uh, in front of Congress saying where the 11 trillion dollars went to, but there was nobody there because the buildings fell the next day. So that's all information, but we're not doing anything with that information. And we're just letting that go. We forget about 9-11. We forget about all the different things out there that's happening. We forget about the homeless. We forget about the being hungry. We forget about all those people that need help. So what is this information people are getting? How come it's not helping them? You know, um, I just drove and seen three homeless people today. Um, so I don't think we have that first contact right yet. Otherwise, we would be doing something about it. And I know this distur- disturbs a lot of people when I say something like that. And they say, oh, you should look at this stuff. I've read a lot of books out there, a lot of different theories. A lot. Of, and my theory is that kindness is a vibration that we, sh- we are using now as a technology, a spiritual technology. Um, and it's, you know, it's slowly going, but it's working. Um, and that's what the Copper Scrolls gave to us. That's the information that we can actually use for the communities. Um, I don't have a crystal I don't have anything that I can give you to uh, share a spiritual vibration. I have devices I can give you that um will bring resonance if you want it to be or it could bring fear if you want it to be. So it's 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 a two-way battle here. It's like all right, let's take this information and do something with it. If we are channeling, let's all get together. Let's all get together and talk about this information and put it down in a computer, on paper, in math. I will help do that freely. I will do that for free. Uh, and now uh, let's come up with something. Uh, but you know, I was at the Disclosure Fest in, in Washington, D.C. and nothing was accomplished. I don't think so. Everybody talked about what they did and everything. And it's, it was good. We were at the same place that Martin Luther King uh, announced that speech. We're exact same podium, and there was a million people there at that time, but you know nobody listened this time. And and I had a little device with me. If somebody wanted to know what's going on, what, what my study was, I would hand them that device. Nobody asked. Um, and I'm some and I'm heading to uh, San Francisco the, tomorrow to uh, tell them what my science is about and what what I'm doing. So. If you can tune into that or come please come uh, come and ask me some questions I'm I'm, I'm open I'm open. you know the last uh, seven years it's been really hard because it's hard to talk about this and because right now everybody has um, opinion like noses, and it's really hard to get this information out there because they take it apart. Uh, when I first come here, there's a couple of the churches kind of dem- denounced me. They said, oh, you're self-made. I said, no, I have the backing of my elders. Oh, no, you don't. You don't have any of this stuff. And here I am. But they're gone. Where, where have they gone? You know, uh, they was on the sideline throwing mud. Uh, now, you know, I would rather them to throw pies. At least I could eat the pies. Huh.
0: Oh man. Okay. Well, you you said a lot there. So let me just break it down from my perspective because I was with you at the Parliament of World Religions and I was with you at Disclosure Fest and uh, we were at a, and we were also in Sedona and uh, I've traveled with you quite a bit. And um, you said a lot there, but it's, again, I call you Mr. Miyagi because sometimes you say a lot, but it's not exactly direct and you're, it's not always straightforward, but I, I was with you at Disclosure Fest, and I can say that you and Clifford went up there, you, and we have this talk on YouTube. You told everybody there that UFOs and ETs and aliens are in your history. You told them that you put a balloon into space. You told them that it had information on it, and to come up and ask you, and not one speaker, not one researcher, not one reporter, not one attendee came up and asked you a question. The reason why I'm interviewing you right now is because you said some wild stuff when I first met you. And I was like, hold on a second, man. Are you telling me the truth? And um, I'll tell you, you know, like when I meet someone else like Brian Francis, I always try to poke a hole in your story. I keep trying. I was like, you know what? I don't know. I think he's telling me the truth. But, okay, what was your experience? And I try, and they just tell me some sort of thing that confirms in a different way what you were saying, whether they are aware of the history. Um, Brian Francis told me a lot about Um, the Knights Templar and the Mi'kmaq connection. He also shared a lot of the reason why the natives aren't sharing this information and how you and Clifford both experienced the same thing where um, part of the communities didn't want to share this. This is your information. This is your history. This is your sacred knowledge and understanding. It's not in books. It's not out there for us to know. It's not out there for us to be indoctrinated in over years. This is something that's held down, um, over years and you have lost lives you've lost family you've been through war to to keep this stuff so um and your elders asked you to share it and you didn't want to do it i think you said you quit twice which, yeah. <laughs> which probably you did. 20
1: more times before that yeah. yeah
0: yeah so you know i just wanted to kind of share all that because i i was there and so i i getting more of a an understanding of what you're trying to do and bringing people together so you can share the history and, and not to say that anything is right or wrong, just to share like your perspective and, and bring people together and actually have it do something. And an interesting side note: the science that you've worked on, the biodome, it worked. The uh, sunhouse, it worked. You know, people weren't sure, and the sunhouse, lo and behold, works. Your balloons work. Your electric bike that you had the tear capacitor on, worked something out of like back to the future. And so if it's baloney in these, you know, you're getting this from ancient copper scrolls, which are basically schematics and you're doing the math of those schematics. And what that makes me think about is just um, some of the other things. Like when I was with you at the, uh, it was a native American history museum and there's a story of, is it Glooscap? Goose cap, yeah. Goose cap. goose cap. or Gloos? L. Yeah, Glooscap. And it's 20,000 years, so I read the whole thing. Um, There is a vibrational space in that building that was built by somebody who engineered it, and it talked about the Rosetta Stone. So you've got the Rosetta Stone, you've got all of this ancient knowledge from different spots. You've got things like the Philosopher's Stone, Egypt. um, What else is there? The Sumerian tablets. Who out there can decipher this stuff? What does it mean? Where does it come from? Um, But it seems to me that the only one – that has the oldest history is the the indigenous peoples of the world and they're, and they haven't been asked to share. We haven't got that information and asked their view of the story, which is a very, very old cultures because religion comes in. What's the oldest religion might be 7,000 years or something. It's like, it's a Hindu or a Zoroastrian. And I learned about that. Yeah. Yeah. And I learned about that. And so, um, I think that that influences things because over time you've had book burnings and you've had um, different cultures and conquerings and things like that. And now we're in the modern age. So I just said a lot of stuff. Do you just want to talk about any of that?
1: <laughs> well, again, so we are looking for information. Um, if we're looking for the first contact. I would say that uh, a uh, Contact from another civilization that is not humans. Uh, we can think of it as dolphins. Uh, we can think of it as ants. Uh, we don't know how to talk to these things, and we keep on thinking we're the big and bad. You know, we have we we have mastered science. We've mastered uh, all the different maths out there. We've mastered the the atom. Uh, We've asked uh, take uh, Earth's um, oil and make it into gas and make cars, but. If we are actually looking for that information um, that we're gonna have to be somewhat open-minded about doing this uh, because um, I know that a lot of the study that's out there the people that have information um, they go on lecture tours and and, you know there should be one uh, maybe I I can propose it today that have one weekend or one week of all these people should putting this information together. Uh, We was at the Parliament of World Religions uh, uh, during the fall. Um, That's all spiritualities and all religions together. But they've never sat down. They were in the same building, but they didn't communicate with each other. I have actually stopped some people while you were there. Um, Yeah, you took off on me. (laughs) Um, Try to talk to some of the religious leaders on who we are but you know i asked them about god and they said oh god lives inside of you which i believe that's that's no problem there but they would not sit down with me they wouldn't come have a cup of tea with me because they were wearing a a collar or they were um they were so educated they didn't want to sit with somebody that's not educated because i'm not uh, college educated like they are um and i've done that the um, number of times in there. And I know that I, I one place. I just sat and just wanted somebody to sit with me and talk about their Religion or their spiritual. There's a couple people that did but um, that's as far as they went so they went to that level and they shut themselves off and We are supposed to be Kindly minded that means that no matter what we see a poor dog on the street and because of the eyes and the way it looks, we stop and make sure it's safe like that. But right beside is a homeless person. We walk by that person, uh, most of us anyway, and, and pick up the dog. You know, um, I, have a, I, I travel with a service dog. Uh, and the funny thing is that every airport I went to, uh, stores, people said, what is your dog's name? They never asked, now I've never had one person ask me what my name was. My dog is cuter than I am, uh, but you know, just thinking about that, like, what do we think of each other? What is, what is the humans are doing on this earth? You know, if we made first contact, we should be able to take that, again, take that information and bring it to the community and, and use, do something with it. You know, i going back to the Parliament World Religion that I was hopeful uh, when I went there. Here we are, Natives and non-Natives and Muslims and all the different uh, groups out there meeting. I was hoping uh, that we would have one meeting hall that we can transfer information to each other. Not one, not one, unless they hid the meeting for me, uh, but I I couldn't find any. Uh, And you were there and you see me looking and and I I come out of there disappointed because we are, if there's an alien there, how would that alien make first contact by stopping people in the hall by by um, announcing yourself by uh, hopefully you can sit down with somebody but not one not one i was very disappointed and we're looking for first contact now what's that look like does anybody know matthew do you know um you know, what do they look like uh, are they going to be disturbing? Um, are they going to have our sense of humor? Are they going to be um, kind to us? Are, are, are their thought process different? You know, we keep on saying love uh, rules the world, but love won't, doesn't rule anything. It just rules your mind. We have to take that and we have to take it to somewhere else if we had to, but we don't do that. I have a lot of people say, "Oh, I love you." Oh, that's fine. Uh, but then, you know, that's, you know, really what you're saying. And then people say, oh, I know what I'm saying. It's unconditional love. But it's, like I said, I, I don't see it working out there. If that is the first contact that we're going to give somebody love, I don't want to give that to them. I want to give them kindness and compassion and happiness. If make that con- that's what we can uh, bring to the conference table if we had to, is kindness. You know, I'm going to listen to you. Yeah, this is funny that I do a lot of visits and used to do a lot of visits in hospitals and things like that. People say, oh, "I'm a change person. I'm going to listen to you." But they talk for about an hour. I'm listening to them because if they would have listened to me in the first place, they wouldn't be there. It's like we like we like that. We we don't want to listen. We we have our own beliefs, of course, but. Um, we were anxious to tell people you realize you tell more not speaking than you do, do speak. And then, and the, because that tells me that at least you, you're you spiritually kind, you you are caring about what I say or what somebody else say? A lot of words, a lot of words.
0: Yeah. Well, the first thing I'm going to respond to is yes. I remember when you stopped those two priests and I did run away because <laughs> you stopped them and you're just like, Uh, who is God? And then it's like, they said something. I can't remember what they said. Then you go, where is God? (laughs) And you said it nicely. I'm just, but this is how I remembered it. And then he's like, he's in your heart. He's like, no, he's not. I don't have a heart. And you just stared him in the eyes. And then then you continue and said, uh, they said uh, the Christians killed Native American spirituality. No, you didn't. You just murdered. 20,000 episodes. I think you said 2,000. Yeah. And I was like, why did you say 2,000? It's a lot more than that. And so as soon as you said that, I just started backing back it up. I was like, you're on your own, man. I was like, I don't know how to help you. But, you know, from my research, it's a very fascinating thing. And just doing the Parliament of World Religions, you think about it, and it's 212 different distinct religions that were there. And they're popping up. You know, now you got Scientology, 1984, or whenever that popped up. And he's a science fiction writer. Then you've got Mormons. They've got scrolls. That's interesting. Um, and looking at all these different things. But it's like you have people out there selling it. You know, and it's kind of interesting. It's just like you've got all these different things that you're being sold, but it's to like connect to God, which nobody's ever met in person. It's a theory to something. It's like, you know, I'm selling Santa Claus in a way. Now we understand the spiritual principles. And what I was able to distinguish was I found that religions were more binding, where some of the the ideas were if you don't follow this protocol and they'll have protocols, you might have a consequence or reward. That to me, whereas like a little bit more intense and somewhere more like uh, philosophies or ideologies. And this is more of the Eastern where it's just like, this is a set of principles. You know, this is how you can connect to spirit and the Tao and way to life. And you could also believe that thing too. It's totally fine. We're not going to give you some crazy consequence. Um, but, and when you talked about the leaders, you know, some of them were talking over lunch, but it wasn't, how do we bring this together? It's like separate communities and separate ideologies. And, uh, it wasn't very, um, yeah, there wasn't a lot of crosstalk, you know, it's like, this is my way and I don't talk to that way. And in a stupid analogy, it's like, if when I played hockey, I go play another town over here, rather than getting to know that town, it's more that I compete with that town. You know, I'm town blue, your town, red, your town, orange, your town, pink. And how do we, um, you know, we're not trying to communicate. And when you're talking about, um, ETs, we've had discussions and I've listened to you and Clifford Mahudi talk to each other. And that is, are some of the, my favorite conversations I've ever heard the most mind blowing. Um, and one of the kind of comments is, is like, if humans can't be nice to each other, if people aren't, Connecting with each other and being honest and open and listening. What makes you think an intelligent race is going to come down and have an open conversation? How does that look? Why is it one special person, you know, like the Pope, you know, he's like the one special guy that's super connected to God and can give you this and same with the priest. You know, why is that person more spiritual or better than any other person? Uh, on the planet. So that's a little bit of a side note, but we also ran into the Nithyananda squad and I still haven't posted that video, but Nithyananda is blowing up in the world. And you confronted those three little girls that had the third eye activation. And this is the stuff we're dealing with. And you did a magic trick and you made them guess which hand it was, right? And um, you said, all three of you got a guess and they guess wrong. You give them another one. And again, I was super uncomfortable because all their posse while you were doing this, was looking and i was trying to make conversation with the mother because she looked uncomfortable and i was trying to like ease it because i felt uncomfortable because i knew exactly what you're doing you do it again they guess wrong and the third time they all guess wrong except for the girl on the right because she saw you put it in the pocket it's harder to do sleight of hand with three and she was the only one the other two guessed wrong but she picked it up because of this angle and these were supposed to be the three girls that had their third eyes turned on and then all you need to do is you go to india nithyananda turns on your third eye and now you i might have told you this he's come out and he said he is an alien and he's way too powerful for everybody now and he's going to be continuing doing his thing and and that exists and uh the work of james randy and um uh, darren brown has helped kind of shed light to some of these things going on but you know as a as, I'll, I'll speak for myself. As somebody who wants to believe, I want—I believe in human potential. I believe that you know consciousness transcends my body. I believe in my own abilities. So when I was younger and I would see people like this, I would believe it to be true and possible. But then you've got people like Wim Hof who are actually doing it and doing something supernatural. But then you've got people sharing the supernatural through channeling and, and alien contact and spirituality, but maybe it's a bit more misleading and that's what I call black magic, where they're kind of um I don't know, they're adding on and saying this is the way, or especially come to my seminar and I'll ten thousand bucks and you can do this. And we'd confronted them and you just had a sheet of paper and said, if you can read this, I'll be satisfied. And then the girl saying, Oh, I did it and, and I'll post a video for people so they can see it. Um she, I was like, okay, well, why don't you do it with me now because you've had this and I'll just pick a number and she wouldn't do it with me either. She just made some sort of excuse. So do you want to comment on that or do you want me to just brush over it and move on somewhere else?
1: No, I think that's really good because we're, you know, as Native American uh, in, in my culture, that you know, we're not always right. Uh, we practice ceremonies and things like that, but we, we are still stuck ourselves as Native Americans that we are uh, led to some belief and we're kind of stuck there. But the creator wants us to move on as a day moves on. Uh, but it's it's hard to really even talk about this. because you know, you're you're, you're crossing somebody you know, with these topics. You know, like the um, the, the girls are really good. They're they they're little girls. But they're being misled through their adults and their mom to believe just so um, people can go a certain way. You know, I. I'm a magician, so when I watched their performance, I knew exactly what they were. You can go on YouTube and read minds. Uh, you can, even with a slip of paper, if you had there enough people helping you, you can you can write down number on a piece of paper and fold it and tell t- tell you what it is. You know, The is. Um, America's Got Talent. It has, a, it has a couple of really good mind readers on there that people freak out, but it's a simple trick. Uh, all it is is a simple trick, and it looks... Put together and it looks um, like he's really reading minds, but if I told you how they did it, that ruined the trick. But <laughs> then it's not great. I think, you know, what the teachings are the star teaching, what the two year teachings are if the teachings make you happy inside and, and that doesn't hurt nobody, that you can take your teachings and pass it on to a complete stranger. Uh, without any ceremony or crystals anything like that in kindness and compassion and happiness i think that's true you know um, we talk about love a lot but we don't have enough love to prove that in the world that it does exist and i know that we're going to get comments on this but please um it's like uh one of the performances that they they did well, i didn't see it but i seen it online is that um, this lady with all these people uh, produced a, a, a uh, emerald from her mouth. And she said that she manifested it inside of her stomach and stuff like that. So uh, I'm a jeweler. Uh, I'm, a, I'm a special jeweler. Uh, they call uh, my facet diamonds. That means uh, there's all those little uh, facets on a diamond I put on there um, with a the machine. And it takes, it's, a, it's an art form. It takes a lot to do it. Um, uh, one diamond took me... Uh, three and a half months to fasten it so she when she produced this from her mouth i looked at it, it as a faceted stone i mean she she, she she must have a fastening machine inside her stomach you know because she's done that tooth and we and there's a person doing a podcast that believed it that's like a diamond ring okay now i'm going to produce a diamond from my mouth it's all faceted by a machine so that's kind of something's going crazy there is that i think i would more believe a rough diamond than <laughs> than a, than a, a real faceted one so we're, we're, we 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 want to believe uh, there's people out there that we want to believe and we want to believe in spirit and we want to believe in supernatural and that's fine as long as it's not hurting anybody not, but i see this people so much into this that really hurts them and um it, and they don't know they're being hurt it's like all right and as, as a spiritual scientist, I want to be truthful as possible. And you know, I, I say that I talk to spirit, but I hear the voice. Uh, the voice is not telling me to kill anybody. It's just telling me how to assemble a machine. It tells me how to assemble different things, and it works. I mean, I must be the craziest person in the world to do all this stuff, but I'm doing it, and, then, and I'm getting results. So, and I'm putting a balloon over three hundred thousand feet. As myself, as a scientist, I probably couldn't do that with all the um, the technology out there, but I can do it to help with the copper scrolls, is that it tells me on different barometric pressures, how to build a balloon, how to build it a certain way, how to put enough charge into it. So this information has not come from somewhere. Certainly it's not coming from me, you know, because I didn't study all that when I was younger. I studied electricity and all the different physics about some of the stuff I did not study. Um, but the, by putting a balloon up that high, that you know, I think that we talked before that uh, before August uh, that I would like to put a balloon up and um, I'm working on the uh, detail uh, parking beside the space station and uh, and that will prove that we're here and the technology works. I mean that that's quite a that's quite a challenge, but to me that the uh, the technology is there. It's just the the finances is not there yet. It's going to take a little bit uh, to do this and. Um, I will put up two or three test balloons and put them on YouTube or something to show that I can get above 200,000 feet. Uh, so, but, but there's no limit on a balloon. Now, if your balloon is strong, if your balloon is strong, uh, it float to the next galaxy. Uh, there's nothing stopping you putting a balloon to the moon. Uh, some of the mylar balloons they find in, um, in Alaska and Antarctica. So how do they get down there? So they they go up into the atmosphere, get in a jet stream, go over. Mylar um, uh, has more density than rubber. Uh, The reason why rubber doesn't work on high-altitude balloons is because rubber is porous and the helium atom is very small, and it seeps through the balloon. Uh, The molecule actually goes through the rubber because uh, rubber is porous. That's what makes it stretch. Um, Mylar won't do that. Um, uh, A rubber balloon will uh, lose 50% of its um, helium through that uh, effect the uh, helium balloon only is two percent and that's because you didn't build it right because you have uh, seepages in your seams but it's uh, like every, everything else is so technology and we can use it i, I think that what's going on there is uh, that we have great potential here we have great potential of sharing information and if there are uh, Technical aliens out there um, that want to get in contact with us—we have to be ready for that. You know, if we're sending out a message to space, uh, I hope them the aliens are not warlike because we have no way to fight that technology. You know, um, so I think that we should get ready for that contact and really talk with each other openly. Uh, and you know, the last uh, couple events I went to, I was disappointed because I was hoping to share some of this information with some uh, people that's actually doing the research. But uh, uh, there's very few people doing the really the research on this. Uh, no, we're all caught up in the, the best of it, the festival of all of, the, of uh, these research. It's like you know, um, the chariot of the gods. When that came out, that was the best seller, You know. Uh, Mr. Vonnegan, uh, um, he put out all that information, but what do we do with it? You know, we didn't do anything with it. Uh, if, if you look into the books and if you're, if you're a mathematician, if you're a physicist, there's a lot of information in that book that, that I, I still use. Uh, I use, I use his book as a reference quite a lot. But we shouldn't stop on our research. We, that's where we get. We get um, stopped and people want to know what we're doing, we stop. And we, we, we stay in that rhetoric of all that information. Um, information that should be shared. Just think that if you had, a what would a technical manual look for an airplane? If you took a technical manual and put it into a paper, um, how much information would that be? You have to have the technical manual, how the, what the metal is, uh, the electronics, the bolts, all the machine parts that go on it, how to build all these machine parts, the machines to build the machine parts, machines, the machines to build the machine, machines to build machines. Think about all the information. Um, I think that I read a book that information, just a simple aircraft with propeller wheels and an engine, uh, would be a, close to four feet high. Uh, of um, of uh, 36 by 36 sheets of paper, both sides, uh, on how to do that. And we're looking for information now. What what kind of information are we looking for? You know, uh, we're looking for the contact. What 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 does that information look like? You know, what, how are we going to decipher that? You know, and I think that's but my frustration is seeing all this stuff out there. Like, come on, guys, you know. We're 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 not doing what we're supposed to be here as scientists to do. You know, I put a balloon up uh, uh, up to 300,000 feet, and you know we get debunkers. Oh, you know, he didn't do that, and you know it's Photoshop. It's kind of hard to Photoshop some of this stuff anyway. But the new uh, uh, photo stuff are coming out, especially with the UFOs. I uh, see pictures of, you know, they are getting really good. At them. It's really hard to take the videos apart now, of what the UFOs look like. It's like anything else. It's like, let's all do this together. It's be a lot more funner, you know.
0: Yeah. Well, again, you you just said a lot. Where my mind goes with all that, and and listening to you speak, and and. And just hearing some of the stuff that you've done and again with like Clifford and Disclosure Fest and all that kind of thing it does seem like out there uh, even Joe Rogan he did um, a series where uh, Joe Rogan questions everything and he talked about that and he said what I found was that like a lot of the research that I did on Bigfoot on UFOs on contact he couldn't find any grounded information he was looking for it you know and he had the producers and he had the money and he had the people to go find it, but he wasn't oh. able to really find grounded, information out there and we do have different organizations on the earth we have nasa we have mufon we have these different things um but when you go to the events you do notice that is more commercialized it's more popular there's there's profit in it now and when there's profit some of the information may get diluted um you know and and that's just a part of it so as somebody trying to figure out what's going on when you look at like i said for me it's like you look at things like egypt and you uh and you start piecing things together about ancient civilizations. We don't know how that's built. We know that, and we wonder who built that. And there's a lot of references to UFOs. Um, then, looking through all that stuff, you show me the 1952 uh, Washington event. Um, there is events um, in Maine. So, you know, when you do that research, you realize, okay, no, there are UFO events. Um, Bob Lazar has researched those crafts and things like that. Um, and then you get curious and you you get it all. You go to ancient aliens and you look at all these different things and you see like the pyramids and what they were supposed to look like. And it gets super fascinating, but it's very hard to figure out, you know, where, where does fact separate from fiction? What do we actually know? Who's actually had contact? And like, as a species, as an individual, like what does the individual do to, to have contact with, with something out there or what is the community as a planet uh, to do because the thing is on this planet, it's challenging to get people out of their beliefs, you know. And and we're trying to make money. Most of my friends are working nine to five to make ends meet, you know. So am I. <laughs> and just like we got to travel, and we got to do things. And you know, I got a neighbor over there. Seems like a nice guy, but I don't know if he's gonna like hold my hand and sing kumbaya to greet some ETs. And who says they're even nice? So there's just a lot of questions out there. And then you've got things like. um You know, the 5G rolling in and vibrational technologies and all this and some of it is real and I think we're making advancements and some of it is terrifying and I don't know what's going on with that. So um, do you want to just comment on all that? Because I feel like researching this, I just get stuck in a space where right now I'm like, I don't know. I'm just going to be a nice guy and I'm going to do my best and an opportunity happens to help somebody as I navigate through life in complete ignorance. I will. And if ETs want to make contact and land on my lawn, I'll say, hello, how are you? And I'll offer them some flowers like men in black and uh, hopefully make a friend.
1: <laughs> well, back uh, the, probably in the late 70s, uh, when I was uh, doing a lot of the rocket research, uh, putting, uh, making a rock, because in order me to get up there, um, I, I could have took, uh, rented an aircraft and go up. But the easiest way at that time uh, is uh, to build a rocket uh, and course, uh, if anybody knows how to build a rocket, the first rockets I ever put up is SC's rockets. They used to be able to, little rocket engines, black powder, they're about 5,000 feet, 5, 5 to 1,000 feet. But, you know, I needed to get up there at least 1,000 times more that distance. So, I went to the library and searched up rockets. And, uh, and, and, and uh, thrust propulsion, uh, chemical reactions, uh, all the different things that made rockets, rockets. And, you know, the, the, the way I got the information is that um, the information, uh, um, I, mean, I think I was like four weeks uh, going to the library every uh, Saturday afternoon. My dad would drive me and bring me down there. And I sit there and, and every time I went, it was a certain name that came up in rockets. Like that's weird, you know because we we uh, we came up with um, a lot of different theories on rockets and how chemical rockets work, but so it was something familiar is that all right that says the chemical rockets work and um, I was using kerosene and oxygen and uh, a little bit of uh, sulfuric acid for the oxidizer uh, that means that yeah that, be able to oxidize uh, this fuel inside of a chamber that made you compression combustion that made thrust. So kerosene was the best thing to do that with. But uh, studying the form of this, several ways of study, uh, uh, mixing the, mixing the, those chemicals up, I came up on chemistry. Uh, so the chemistry. Uh, relates to the copper scrolls, it just tells you chemistry. Uh, I didn't have a lot of the scrolls deciphered at that time, uh, so I went into deciphering uh, chemical reactions with oxygen. And by studying that, it's like, wow, that that goes back to the Greeks, uh, Greek fire, uh, all the different things, uh, what, what we used to do with fire. So I researched that more. And I, I actually, uh, when I was younger, uh, got in the Library of Congress, uh, and, uh, and I, I spent uh, four days there just uh, searching chemistry and all the different research. And everything goes back to the Greeks, and we'll go back before that. Um, Mr. Goddard, when he was made his rockets, he experimented with his rockets when he was very young. And guess where He got his information from the same source I got my information from. So I researched at the Copper Scrolls. Remember, the Copper Scrolls are 20,000 years old, and i come up with a relationship with chemistry and Goddard's rockets and um, uh, and all the people that uh, study rockets. And when, where was that? Germany. The, the, back in the 30s and 40s, Germany experimented with rockets. And now, the, uh, with our space race, we're using rockets, uh, rocket propellants to put uh, uh, people into space. So when I start first starting doing that, I, I came up with a relationship on me building rockets and history at the same time. And look at my history <laughs> in rockets. and rockets. You think that we were uh, people that had leather and drums and dance? And, yeah, yes, but our history goes back way beyond that. Uh, some of them uh, the hieroglyphs that we talk about, we talk about flying canoes, flying ships. Uh, flying arrows, um, flaming arrows, and what does it all relate to? That is a, it must come from history somewhere. And um, I figured out part of the carpus grows that going into space, so I think we've been already there. Is that we, we're re- reinventing a lot of the technology now. And, and um, looking at the history and, um, from the Hindus to India and all their uh, things I wrote, they, they write about rockets way back way back before even God was born. So part of that history, I know that, uh, that we're sharing, that we're just reliving, uh, just re- re- reinventing things. So if we are doing that, we probably had contact to visitors. I don't want to I don't like the aliens. Um, I keep on thinking of E.T., go home. Um, that's not what they look like. Um, but I think about that, and we've had contact. The, the, all natives have contact with visitors. Uh, um, at that time, they, they probably didn't think we needed help. I think our life was um, paradise because we didn't have to prove ourselves. We didn't have income like we have now. You know, we have to work to survive. Can you imagine having a community together, just helping each other? That's, to us, that's heaven. But it's possible. So b- building the rockets, and then I was successful in putting in at least uh, twenty-eight miles high. And but I had very low time. Um, <laughs> I have a couple of the videos of my rockets um, because you have to get the oxygen ratio to the fuel and how that burns. And the- <laughs> if you don't get it right you have this big black smoke that comes out of the back of the rocket and you see this smoke trail and a lot of the people uh, called me a mad scientist where I used to live because when i when i used to step outside everybody went in <laughs> because i was launching these fireballs into the space but i but i had to invent my own rockets and i had to invent uh, the radios that went in them not, uh, at that time that we didn't have the computer um, stuff that we had now, but I, I had a um, copper disk. And that copper disk t- told me, it took me a while to find this, um, it, t- it told me in the copper scrolls how to store information on a copper disk. And what, those, what this is, it has uh, 27 lines, and on those 27 lines there's a little notch. And there's a uh, indicator that goes on top of this, and that indicator would read all those 28 lines. And it's almost like a Morse code, and it will give you information, um, say the rocket was uh, tilting, it uh, will go to um, line three, and it will tell the instructions on the tilting. If that tilting is too much, it will adjust the rocket. So this is, um, this is um, to me, is a high-tech information. That's before any of the uh, disks that came out. I think at that time we had floppy disk, but I had a, the actual hard disk. This is actual piece that I've kept over the years. That was. Uh, Offer, uh, how to store information from the copper scrolls. And this is, was part of it, how, how to do that. So they had to get it from somewhere, that information, uh, that I know, because they gave me a manual how to do that, what, what has the copper had to be condensed of, uh, uh, how to center, it, how to get the information off this, how to store that information into uh, some way to use it, make it useful to have the actuators to work to the lights and all the different fuel. It was in that little disc and, and that's spun at a certain rate. So it basically pulled off of it. So that's uh, some of the information that I have. Now, what was your next question? I got kind of sidetracked. <laughs>
0: that's interesting. I haven't seen that before. That's really interesting. And uh-huh. you know, I can say that uh, I got to go to the mountain that you grew up on and it was interesting. And so Um, what I've told my friends and trying to piece this together is like, you know, a lot of it's pretty unbelievable. Um, But, you know, step by step, I've just seen different proof and different proof to kind of, um, just prove the story of what you're what you're sharing. And it's like little bits and little bits, which is really fascinating. When you're sharing that, I was just wondering, you you haven't talked too much. Can you talk about um, any of your teachers at all? Like you said, you you did this uh, on a podcast a long time ago. But you know, for a lot of people out there, the way that we're growing up in the Western world, especially now, you've got education, you've got you know, the indoctrination of whether you're Canadian or American or which part you're in. Um, But your history is very, very different, and that culture is very different. So I'm wondering if you could maybe share a little bit about your teachers and where this information comes from.
1: Well, of course, my first teachers were my mother and father. Um, But when I got older, we had a lot of events that happened in our our life that we had to move. So we moved to the mountains of uh, West Chapman. Uh, we grew up, uh, we had a family, um, but uh, where we where we were, we were kind of secluded from all the other uh, uh, community. I was away from there we were in by the mountain. so the teachers that came to me i didn't think they were teachers I just think they were annoying at first is that um, to be able to learn math um, like I think that's that was a worst part of it because. You know, you take a six-year-old. You're not going to set a six-year-old down and say, "Let me tell you what a variance number of nine and twelve is." It's like, when the heck's a variance anyway, and why would I use that in this everyday occurrence? But a lot of the education that was um, given to me that I forgot over the years is like because it's so boring, you know. You tell me what happened in fourth grade. Uh, tell me your math teacher. Well, tell me what we were taught. Most people don't know that. Only when I got older that I, I knew what a variance was and what that really meant. A lot of it was just imprinting, just imprinting that information. And a lot of the teachers that I, that I was taught was, was, came from Germany, uh, Russia, uh, France, um, Japan, uh, uh, parts of the United States. Uh, different physicists um, um, at that time. Uh, there were physicists that kind of uh, went off in this in side in saying, "Well, we believe in physics, but we believe in prophecy." The same thing. Uh, they they weren't Christians, but they were spiritual, and they had a um, a what would you call it? Not a club, not an association, a guild. A math gill of teachers. And there was a circulating gill. Uh, teachers would come in, and, but they didn't have no way to store this information. And the uh, way, way they got their information is from uh, spiritual leaders. And at that time, that they pointed my direction, and I was in this math gill with these people. And they share some of the, some of the math with me um, because without that, some of the your math, I could not decipher the Copper Scrolls. I would I had had advanced math um, because the copper scroll. In order to learn the copper scroll math, some of the um, ancient elders that came from Labrador, from Crater Lake, that came down and helped me to figure, um We go from uh, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, but we wouldn't go to ten. So, and I never could figure that. So. Uh, our math goes to 10 right and why do we go to 10 is because we have 10 fingers that's what our mask is but that puts a restraint on the mass that we are using they taught me the mass in a different way i I learned uh my mass from two three four five six seven eight nine ten eleven twelve thirteen that was our numerals, rules right there everything that we do In the copper pros, it's those numbers, or or beyond those numbers, because those numbers, if you think about it, they're they're, uh, uh, inverted. um, They could be used just about anything in triangles So so that's some of the people from Crater Lake came down and spent a lot of time, a lot of paperwork, and a lot of the the time and just um, uh, showing me the relativity of what math is. And uh, I think that you have to, like math in order to learn it. Uh, just like chemistry. Uh, chemistry is, uh, I, I took up chemistry right off because you can make things blow up with chemistry. <laughs> you know, yeah. uh, do you mix acid and water or water and acid? You know, that's, that's part of a lesson right there. Yeah, and so I really I work with chemistry. I work with uh, electronic chemistry. I work with um, um, with uh, all the different other uh, subjects out there from chemistry to mathematics to uh, metallurgy to um, um, astronomy everything that you can possibly think about It's like and right now it's like oh it's, it's daunting I don't even you know, think about it and it just, it just feels like a dream but uh, I must know something because I've been doing the math so.
0: <laughs> well thanks for sharing that yeah that's that's really interesting you know I know when in the first podcast you said it was 600 elders from around the world um, for years, and as a kid, it was not very enjoyable. I'm curious, can you d- define what an ancient elder is?
1: Um, <laughs> I did. You remember he called me Miyagi my <laughs> or whatever. So, <laughs> Mr. Miyagi, yeah. <laughs> yeah you saying that quite a lot, so, I said, What in the heck he mean? So, the other day, I went online and typed in that. I'm not, I don't look like him, so. <laughs> Hang on. Um, I don't look like him, um, but it's, it's kind of like that. It's like people that you don't know their origin. Uh, their origin is very questionable. Uh, they don't have a country that they come from, uh, but they do appear. So that's all I can say. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's all I dare to say. Of that
0: Right. Mr. Miyagi strikes again
1: yes wax on wax
0: off well you know even like when i was in in china i was training with the shaolin monks out there and they we were allowed as westerners there's only the the last 10 years you were allowed there um and uh, and forgive me if you can hear the buzzing in the background some my, my neighbor's doing something i don't know what um so hopefully you can't hear it but um they had a temple on top of a mountain that was super hard to get to. And the stories coming out of there from people, you had to train at the, the academy for at least a year. Mostly it was two for people even allowed to go up there. You had to take some sort of train into the mountains. And they were just telling these stories about like one of the masters meditating in the snow and there's this ring. He's like, honestly, man, he's just like, I saw it. He's just, he had a ring around him and it, he was warm. And it was like the round the ground was warm. He's like, it was some sort of magical crap going on. And, um, and this was the same uh, master that could break, stone with two fingers and do this kind of thing. And so you wonder what types of people out there are hidden. And even in Nepal, when I trekked Mount Everest, there was a freaking temple on the side, like four days up across the way. And I asked my guys, I was like, who was in there? And they're like, we don't know. And I was like, what? And I remember reading Life and (laughs) Teachings of the Masters of the Far East, and it talked about some sort of temple in the Himalayas. So um, who knows what the heck is going on? But, um, and then you've got even tribes that haven't been discovered. Uh, you've got the Dogon tribe, which is very interesting. And so, and again, the Native Americans and in these indigenous tribes um, haven't shared a lot uh, to the non-natives. On top of that, we haven't asked. And on top of that, we've, um, it's called colonialism. What is it called? Assimilation? Just basically conquering. That's basically what we've done here. Um, that's what's happening so ideally we can find some of this other information and bring that out so that's that's a lot of stuff you can comment on that if you want um i know it's getting pretty late the only thing i was gonna throw a bunch of things at you and you can pick anything if you want but vibrational technology 5g sound anything in that it's getting a little bit crazy can you simplify that in any way if somebody wants to just like explore that a bit or
1: um several years ago uh, we talked about em wave you know that the hurt you and everything else. All this stuff is radio signals, Uh, the the, the 5G. um, We have that now, um, you know, in different places. Uh, We just don't know it. We do get concerned about different things like that. And, you know, uh, I I think uh, on my part is that I know what it is. Um, um, We'd be more affected by the radar from your airport right now than the 5G. Uh, that's hitting you every four seconds uh, and i have um, detectors that can detect the radar and then when that what is this microwave hitting you so that's a pretty powerful beam hitting you from uh right now uh, 19 miles away um does that affect this the microwave from a microwave oven? um uh, i don't know i mean i know that we get concerned about this and and some of it's a great topic to talk about and people talk about the e-meters and all the different things and and uh, so oh, this person died from this but we die every day we die every day and we can point causes to, you know what i worry about is our drinking water uh the chlorine uh, all the different things that we eat is more effective on us than any 5g you know uh, we look at them um, even uh, the health foods, you know, health foods are right now is like everybody's in the health food kick. It's like, yeah, where do you get it? Oh, a health food store that owns by a company. He was like, oh, that great. That's so just like back in the 60s, just a regular department store. It's, you know, even uh, with the uh, health food that we grow, uh, we, you know, where do does, where does they grow it? On the earth with chemicals and all the different other things you know made me that was bad you know i see this about paper straws now and plastic straws you know and they're trying to get rid of the plastic because they you know in the pacific ocean they have this big um uh, pile of um trash going in a circle i'd be worried more about that and try to do something about that than worry about the 5gs and, and I, I know i get a lot of comments on it so that's one of the comments <laughs> so but it's like anything else. So yeah, we can concern ourselves, but if you're gonna concern yourself, about 5 G's, go help somebody that's homeless, go help your brother's sister, go do something, you know. In in five to six years, we're not even thinking about that. You know, what was our problem five years ago? You know, oh no, I knew what it was eight, uh, eight years ago, the world was ending. I've got thousands of emails from people, oh the world is ending, this is gonna happen, that and like I said, we'll find something else in another five years to concern us and and we'll sell devices to stop 5G. You know, realize you stop 5G, you're going to stop your cell phone. You stop the EM wave, you're not going to be able to go to text message on your phone. So what is this technology that we're using, you know? What's the cell phone tower? You know, I can I pick up signals from the cell phone tower uh, from anywhere. Uh, we're the ones who want this technology, and we pay for it, right up to Yin Yang for it. So if we don't want the 5G's, um, quit using your cell
0: phone. <laughs> yeah. I don't know if I've ever heard you say we pay up the yin yang for it. That is definitely a traditional Native American <laughs> quote. Um, well, I'm glad I asked you that because you know I get I get afraid of that stuff, and I know some of it is true, and some of it is probably not ideal. But you have a way of like kind of redirecting back to like what is like maybe that's affecting you, but um, the trash in the ocean or or um, like war and you know poverty and maybe those things are bigger things and I liked when the Super Bowl was going on just saying that if we could get as excited about world peace as that mass amount of people together um, you know for peace for these projects then we could make incredible change and also just remind people that if we can get 2,000 people gathered in one space, then you can share something because another thing that your elders told you is the more people that are actually in physical form, the more you're allowed to share because it's lost through media and, and all that kind of stuff, right? It, it's, you, ha- you have to share it in person.
1: Yeah, I, I, I call it spiritual weight. Uh, there's a teeter-totter. I think of them as imaginative. There's this big teeter-totter. One of the side of the teeter-totter is a mountain and underneath that mountain is information mountain of information. But if you went on the, that side of the teeter-totter and jumped on that teeter-totter, that mountain don't move um, with the information. Uh, just like uh, what the Copper Scrolls is like, I can only decipher someone because I don't have the masses of the information coming through to decipher all of it. Like the teachers, uh, my 600 teachers, that they gave me enough information to at least open the Copper Scrolls to say something's intelligent there. But I don't have, the heavy mass of people looking for the information to open it without that information. The same with that mountain, we put 2,000 people on one side, the it will balance out, and the information will be released from the mountain. Got it. So am I going to explain it? Uh, because I'm trying to think about it, because I, in a lot of the lectures I do, I try to explain that, but I, I do it in a, such a scientific way, but people are not really understand. So I'm just going to go down and think, okay, if I was talking to, um, the youngers, how would I put that? And I I said, that's a good way to put it. So,
0: (laughs) okay, cool. Well, uh, it's been a a long one. Um, you can always, if there's anything you wish that we had had touched on, um, definitely share embellish talk, but I'm going to throw two questions at you that you can maybe answer as one. If you wish, what is your message to the native American people? What is your message to the non-native american people are they the same or are they different
1: they're the same time to step forward that is what spirit said time to step forward uh, we've been hiding in these shadows all these years the non-natives and natives feeling trying to figure out what the truth is um and we've been using all this other information to disguise it it's time to talk with each other Forget the aliens. Let's just talk to each other. <laughs> you know, we're aliens. You know, when we don't talk to the non-natives. We talk to the natives. Yes. Uh, open that door. That's a good start.
0: Awesome. Bonus question: How does somebody just in their own day handle everything you're saying? Because it's mind blowing. It's hard to get grounded. So, what do you suggest for them just to live in kindness, compassion, happiness, just as they go through this mystery that we're all in?
1: Go into your kitchen and get some salt. Put it on your hand. Put it on, on that. It, it tastes bitter. That's the information. That's how what we. The, it's very bitter information sometimes. And people say, "I'm not going to believe that." I'll take it with a grain of salt. You know, that's what I do. It's like all the all the other stuff out there. You're going to have to do the same thing. Is take it with a grain of salt because um, discernible information is useful in information that can use. like the diagrams for an aircraft. If I gave that to you, could you build an aircraft? Because you have to build all the machinery with it to build the machinery, you know? Most likely not. That's kind of what we're talking about here is like when people talk about the Palladians, okay, that information is quite a lot of information there. How, we, how are we going to discern that for our communities? Because, you know, I can build just about anything from scrap, and that's what I've been doing for the last couple of years. You know, um, I guess in... In that point is that communities help us, you know. I tell that if you want more of this information, support us uh, somehow. Um, send us a can of beans. Send us silver. Send us something so we can keep doing this. Um, and especially you, Matthew, you know, you, you do this w- with your heart. And I just want people to know that I don't talk to very many people. And I, and I believe in you. And I wish the people that uh, listen to this podcast um, help you to To uh, bring this uh, podcast to the world, because I'm not leaving you as a friend. You know, they may throw sticks and stones at me, um, but uh, I'll stand beside your side, always. I'm always your friend. So I just want you to know that you've you've done a, you've been honest. You've been um, courageous on some of the questions, uh, but uh, keep asking. You keep asking until we find that truth. And um, it's good to have a friend in the world like you because uh, it's hard to find friends in this world. So thank you, Matthew. Thank you, thank you, thank you.
0: Well, I very much appreciate that, and I appreciate your friendship also. Um, You've taught me a lot. It's been an amazing journey so far, and I'm looking forward to um, the next steps and what's possible when we do start to get a little momentum. Um, I know you're working on some incredible stuff. You're going to be speaking at the New Living Expo in San Diego, this weekend, Friday, Saturday, um, so people get out there, check it out, it's going to be an amazing event, there's a ton of amazing people there, um, so it's going to be an amazing event in general, we want to go back to uh, England and, and do some readings at Stonehenge, um, the balloon project to park a balloon right beside NASA. Uh, or the space station, you know, up there with NASA. So you're working on some incredible things with absolutely literally zero budget. Um, and, uh, and everything you've built so far works. So, you know, that's, that's my thing. <laughs> I was like, you know, even if he's saying some crazy stuff, everything he builds works like putting those two things together, just is like, <laughs> I don't know. Um, but it's been, it's been a ride. So, um, is there anything you want to say about that or are you complete?
1: Um, I think the technology is, it's is used technology. you know, I can put balloons up, but what are we going to do with that information. Uh, NASA's uh, using some of that information in, in how to make cell phones better. Uh, park a balloon 300,000 feet up, instead of having all these cell phone towers, you know, have a balloon up there. And a the balloon will stay up there forever. I mean, it's not, uh, once you get a certain height, you don't have to worry about that, the um, atmosphere anymore, that you can now almost go into sub-orbit around the Earth, uh, so there's, I I think the balloon in August that we'll be putting up is less than $7,000, compared to $38 million. So that's quite a different um, budget, but like anything else, it's it's technology. And I have fun with it, and and thank you, Matthew, for uh, talking with me today, and um, I hope everybody out there enjoys this, and uh, don't be afraid to comment. Uh, I have big shoulders, shoulders, Mm, so.
0: Awesome. Well, I'm sure we're going to get some flat earthers out there. (laughs) Um, But thank you so much for sharing and just everything that you're doing. Um, I've witnessed you work selflessly um, with literally it just pure faith. No fine. I don't know how it is you get to the places you do and how hard you work. Um, But thank you for everything you're doing. Um, and I just invite everyone to check out your website, Lone Bears arts, check out, uh, ancient echoes and star teachings on Facebook and support my friend, David Lone Bear Centipass. look into some of his claims, check out, uh, the balloon project, check out the magic mirror, check out the freaking um, magnets they're on YouTube. You can look at it. It works. So help please. (laughs) That's what I got to say. Thanks for watching. Thank you. (laughs) See ya. There it is, guys. That wraps up that incredible episode with David Lone Bear I hope that you enjoyed it. I invite you to research some of the things that he is talking about since learning from him, studying with him, um, doing a lot of training with him. A lot of the work has been doing research, and it's very fascinating research because everything that he's talked about, maybe not everything, but most of the things he's talked about are documented somewhere, and it all has a trail, so it's very fascinating stuff. This is a 20,000-year oral lineage. Uh, Really fascinating. I've been working with a few and uh, more Native Americans integrating into the culture a little bit more of the Mi'kmaq understanding their history. It's very fascinating. It's very old and it is uh, very unknown to the non natives. I'm learning so much. Uh, Some of it is incredible and some of it is absolutely terrible as far as the school systems um, and what the uh, conquerors did and all that kind of stuff. So um, it's been definitely a very humbling learning curve. So I invite you to check out his work. You can support him at uh, David L. senapas on PayPal. Support his science, support his projects. We are looking to go to... London, England, and I think somebody has volunteered to get our tickets there because we needed help, and we're going to go to measurements at Stonehenge. It's going to be phenomenal. So uh, if any of the London, England or England area people are out there, we, should, we are planning on coming around June 19th to June 23rd, I think the weekend of the solstice. So any of the UK listeners, if you're out there, hit me up. I uh, would love to connect with you while we're over there. We're going to be doing some teachings. We're going to be going to um, Stonehenge. We're going to be doing some measurements so we would absolutely love to see you over there Um, if you want to support us make sure you share these episodes Um, You know, support David if you can all of that stuff helps reviews, Patreon, all that good stuff so uh, thank you guys so much for listening I appreciate you, have an amazing day and uh, let's just come into a state of peace and coherence wherever you are in the world just stop what you're doing take in a deep breath in through your nose hold that breath letting it out slowly, filling yourself with joy, peace, compassion, energy, and empowerment, ready to take on the rest of the day. All right, guys, thank you so much for listening. We will see you in the next episode.